Welcome to RICO 12. My name is Justin, and I am a child of an all-powerful and all-loving God and a recovering addict, and blessed to be the host of this meeting and podcast. RICO 12 is an organization with the mission of learning and sharing the similarities of addiction of all kinds, and gaining and sharing tools and hope from others who are walking a similar path. We come together from all places, faiths, and backgrounds to gain tools um, and hope from others who are walking a similar path. Speakers from our past meetings have represented many fellowships and identify with addictions with such variety as alcoholism, drugs, food, sex, gambling, theft, codependency, and the Anon groups, just to name a few. We invite recovering addicts with at least a year sobriety and who are actively working their recovery in their respective fellowships to share their experience, strength, and hope on a live Zoom webinar each Friday at noon central time for 20 to 25 minutes. Then we, the live audience, get the opportunity to ask questions of that speaker for another 20 to 25 minutes. If you're hearing this meeting in recorded podcast form and would like to participate as a live audience member in the future, please go to www.rico12.com, that's reco12.com, to learn more and to submit your email address there to receive weekly invitations. RICO 12 is a self-supporting service, and we appreciate your help in keeping us working our 12th step in this manner. We gratefully accept contributions and effective today. We've got another new thing going on, not just having a new uh, first time speaker, but uh, I started a new subscription program called Rico 12 Spearheads relating to spearheads of God's ever um, advancing creation from uh, uh, we agnostics. Here's a little bit about the ideas behind the Rico 12 Spearhead program. We have some future plans to create other podcasts and services to assist the addict of any variety who still suffers or who is supporting those who still suffer. Some of these ideas include recorded sponsoring resources on how to work with others, um, a platform where anyone can record a short share for others to hear and access at any time, um, and maybe even a paragraph by paragraph big book round table with a handful of uh, recovered uh, addicts. If you'd like to become a RICO 12 spearhead and help well, spearhead these or other missions that you think would fit the RICO 12 family of resources, please, please subscribe. And I'll put the information in the chat of the live meeting, as well as in the show notes of the podcast. All right. We also have a growing and active WhatsApp community. If you'd like to be added there, please send an email with your WhatsApp number to rico12pod at gmail.com. And we look forward each week to receiving the light reflected from our speakers. That light inspires hope, meaning, worth, and growth in us, the listening audience. Now, let's introduce our guest speaker for today, a, like I said, a RICO 12 newcomer, Dave A. from Antigua, whose topic will be listening, a balancing action. Now, here's a little bit about Dave. Dave came into the rooms of AA with the motivation of impressing an ex-girlfriend that he had lost. He quickly realized that he needed recovery for himself and then found the rooms of CODA also. Dave actively works both AA and CODA and has found that he must do both to survive. Take it away, Dave. The floor is yours. Thank you very much, Justin. Um, good afternoon, everybody, wherever you are in the world right now. In Antigua, it is three minutes past two in the PM or somewhere about. I always have most clocks around me slightly fast because I am notorious for being late. Um, and doing service for my home group here and having keys is what keeps me um, trying to use, I guess, step 12 in everything as in trying to be early. I'm not always great at it, but I'm definitely a lot better. So I've been in the rooms um, for a little while now and 
the first thing that I didn't have when I first started, in fact, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping. Let me get right back to the beginning. So I started one day back in the UK, um, a, an ex-girlfriend of mine said, I want to make amends to you. And I'm like, in the stereotypical way that I know about amends, I'm like, only drunk people do that. What are you talking about? And she said, yes. And as soon as she said the whole drunk thing, a light bulb went off and it, everything fell into place about her behavior. Because what I didn't know was that she was drinking so much. Sometimes I'd pick her up to go out. And then when we would either be walking into somewhere or leaving, she would be screaming at me for, in my opinion, no reason. And eventually, when she said, oh, I have a problem with the drinking, and then I realized, oh, my God, so many things now have fallen into place. And she said, by the way, I think you have a problem too. I was like, really? I was like, no, nah, I don't think so. She said, well, you keep posting on Facebook, um, et cetera, that you – are having vodka and orange juice with your breakfast. I'm like, yeah, because it might be morning in the, in Antigua, but in the UK, it's lunchtime. So depending on the, the time of year, it's going to be either 12 o'clock or midday when I'm eating here. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm good. She goes, well, just look, here, here's a meeting. Just go check it out. And I'm thinking, okay, so I went. What I didn't realize was I got the wrong meeting. So uh, what I did was, out of embarrassment, I walked into the meeting, sat down, and there were some people in the room, and I didn't know about the introducing yourself, going around the room, et cetera. And I said, I'm here for my brother, who is also true, um, but I was deflecting. My brother, um, I have a brother who's a fully-blown alcoholic who whatever his reasons are, doesn't seem to want to go down the path I've gone, and that's his choice. The person who was taking the, the meeting then said to me, well, you're in the wrong group, um, and I now know that to be, I should have been in Al-Anon from what I was um, saying to him, but he said, you know what, you can stay. And when I left, I was like, I am never doing this again, ever, ever, in Kanye's words, ever, ever. <laughs> and, um, in the end, um, I got to Antigua um, because I was over here um, doing something. I had an event going on, so I thought, okay, I'll come out here. And there's not really much going on. I'll, I'll, um, I'll go to this thing and see what's going on. So I went, didn't understand it. It took me ages. It took me six weeks just to learn the serenity prayer. The only thing I could remember after two weeks was God. And the rest of it was a blank. <laughs> uh, maybe I should apply the same thing to try to learn Spanish because I'm trying to learn Spanish. So it was being repetitive. And eventually the words stuck, but with no sinkage. In other words, I can recite, but not know what they mean. And that has been always the way. Learning, but not necessarily understanding. Eventually... Um, after about uh, a month, I kind of started to understand, hold on, these people, they're talking like how I feel. And, and 
let me flip back a second. Before I left the UK, um, I remember sitting on the bed of my ex saying, I feel like there is a hole in me and I need to go to church or something like that to feel there's something wrong with me. And after that, we never said anything else. You know, we just left it and and that, that was it. So come back to Antigua now. Uh, after about a month, maybe six weeks, I'm starting to understand what's going on. So I'm like, do you know what? I need to get a sponsor because what's going on here is the people who seem to be doing well seem to have a sponsor. And it's usually the people that come from outside of it. We're very small. All those questions I will kind of um, – I will um, eventually answer later on. But for now, it's just about how I got started. So not really knowing what I was doing, but I knew that we, that there was some, somebody was filling in something. I just didn't know what it was. That hole that was missing, part of it started to fill. And that was because of being around the people in the rooms. So I got myself a sponsor, didn't really know what I was doing. And as soon as we got to um, a place here where we go and do meetings, he said to me, um, do you know what, Dave? What I'm realising after we've done, we've done quite a lot of meetings. He said to me, do you know what I'm realising? You spend two minutes out of every meeting we've had telling me what's wrong. Then you spend the next eight minutes trying to tell me or try to convince me of what you just said, if I don't agree with you or words to that effect. So he said, what I need you to do is go home and just observe your family. Don't speak, don't do anything, just observe your family. And it was just the weirdest thing. Within 30 seconds, I found out what was wrong with me. I'm copying behavior from somebody in my family. I was like, oh my God, because, and it was my mum. You know, um, and just to give you context, I remember my mum saying something to me about uh, my brother asked for some money. And she said, do you think I should give it to him? And I went, well, no, because he's an alcoholic and no, you'll only spend the money on drink. And this is after I'm in the program. My mum then followed me around trying to convince me that I should I should agree to what she said about giving him the money or t- or change my mind. And that's when I started to realize listening really does have an effect. So I had to end up giving up my first sponsor because I left Antigua again, went back to the UK. Uh, we did try to do it by phone. It just wasn't working. So I got another sponsor in the UK. Um, he didn't work out two things. One, he was for me overly religious and he didn't, experience my life as I saw it so when we were talking he didn't have a television he didn't grow up with the television there was things that just we just didn't resonate but he was a nice man so eventually I it just naturally faded because I had to come back to Antigua and he um well I just said look I found myself another sponsor here that's when I got my third sponsor and my third sponsor, as we were talking, he wasn't overly strict, but he was reasonably strict. And I would always phone up. My, my thing, my thing, I'll tell you this now, is complaining. I have to watch myself, put the brakes on that, because while I'm complaining, I'm not listening. 
And my third sponsor, I was forever complaining to him, forever, forever, forever. So he would always say, right, get the big book and read um, page 417, the paragraph that starts with, and acceptance is the answer to all of my problems. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I read it, you know, whatever, call him back. And our conversations got shorter and shorter because his sentence would be page 417. There would be no communication. Page 417, page 417. And eventually I got it because it was like putting my hand in the fire and expecting not to get burnt when I've been told, don't put my hand in the fire. Eventually I woke up to the lyrics on that page of 417, which is the second paragraph. And believe me, it's, it's worked a treat. He left. Um, so for anybody who's never been to Antigua, we have um, one of the best treatment centres, although I've never been there. right? Uh, or sorry, I've never been a patient there, but I have been there. Crossroads, which is run by, or it's been put together by Eric Clapton, and he makes sure that, you know, it's it's got to be one of the best, if not the best program in the world. Um, and what happens is you go in there as treatment, um, for treatment for um, your alcoholism or um, NA, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, he, he left because of the pandemic. So I, uh, and he went back to the States because that's where he was from. So I got myself a new sponsor here and I started to complain again. So my sponsor, my AA sponsor said, you know what? You need Coda. You really need Coda. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I just didn't even, I'd never thought anything of it. I was like, he kept on saying, listen, you need Coda. And then one day he just said to me, listen, just get yourself a Coda sponsor. I'm thinking, oh God, he's going to dump me if I don't do it. So I'm going to get myself a Coda sponsor. So I went on to Coda.org and I just Googled a whole bunch of meetings and started looking around. And I did, I can't remember if I did a 1990 with that. Um, And by the way, I did, when I started AA, I did 1990 without even realizing it because I just went to every single meeting that we had here. We are only 108 square miles. Our population is around 100,000 people. It's very small. We are smaller than most towns, never mind cities in the world. Um, it's winter here, but it's yet yeah, it's 27 degrees today. So I just thought I'd let you know that. So coming back to my sponsor saying I've got to get a CODA sponsor, I got one. And this guy has been unbelievable. Now, I was doing, to give you um, context and, and body to what I'm saying, my, my experience with CODA was going on two years before I actually got a sponsor because uh, my sponsor who worked for Crossroads, his wife um, had been doing CODA and she lived here and she said, oh, let's start one. I had no idea what it was, but I went anyway. And as I'm doing this, I'm starting to learn and starting to understand more. And you then end up with um, certain books. And um, Melanie Beatty is a big person in that coda world. So if you go look up her books, you'll see she's a big shot. You know, she's very, very well-respected. 
Um, it doesn't mean that she's always right, but it's a good thing that helps. So from doing ODA, what I realize is I not only am I looking for sobriety from alcohol and all the different isms that I have, but the number one thing that I want is emotional sobriety. So the word sobriety is to have peace, calm, as I see it. So I started to work towards it. And I still wasn't good. I'm still not good, but I'm way, way better because I do a lot of listening. I do a lot of listening. So I go to, I have, um, let me see now. So AA, I have um, Monday, um, sorry, mo Monday, Wednesday, Friday online. Here in person, we do Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. And my coder, I do Wednesday and Saturdays. Oh, and Sundays, yeah. Um, don't always make it because of work, because I work in um, the media world and I do um, tech stuff in there. So because we have a small staff, anything can change at any minute. So I don't always um, get to meetings as I would like. But my coder meetings, especially one that I do on a Saturday, has been absolutely unbelievable for me because um, it's about the group of people. The group of people can be the reason you stay or run. And I've done things that have made newcomers upset with me because I didn't listen to what was said to me, which is I'm only here, wherever it is I'm speaking, to carry the message, not my opinion. And that's a really big deal. And so I always am mindful that there can be newcomers and I do not wish to um, scare them off if they're having their first meeting. You know, it's always about, do I want to be right? Do I want to be happy? I don't have to like it but I accept it. And also something I've re recently just come into is do I want to be a leader um, or do I want to be a controller? And the reason why I say that is a leader is somebody who can, it, and by the way, this is my thoughts. doesn't mean that I'm right, but this is how I see it. A leader is somebody like um, a boss who gets people in to help them with the things that they don't know. And a controller is usually led by the ego, so they won't get anybody in to help them. So in AA Encoder, I work with sponsors, and even though I don't want to hear everything they say, but I'm the leader of my life, and I need somebody to help me work my life into the best possible situation. So. Because I do so many meetings, what happens is I end up a lot, and I mean a lot, with a lot of great quotes from people who say things that I keep a list of that help me on a daily basis. So a couple of things, okay, some quotes. Only speak if it improves the silence, which is absolutely, I think, is a, a great one. Um, Happiness is the best currency. 
definitely feelings are not facts. Oh my God, that is such a big thing. I have to detach myself from my feelings to do things at work because where I'm from, uh, I'm more to the point my parents, because my parents are antique, not me, but you know, I do have an antique passport. But culturally, people here do things with their feelings. And I have to remember that that is not the way that I want to operate. So I operate in a way that I hope everybody around me sees that's how I operate. Because there's a lots of things that go on at work. And they always say to me, how come you're not involved? I said, because it's not my business. I'm not getting involved. I've got enough problems of my own, which are getting more, more and more less because I choose to stand on the outside looking in. I don't want to be in the mess. So my feelings are I do not wish to be in the mess. You know? Another quote, don't wait for life to be hard to be happy. Great one. And, and you know what? And lots of these, I don't know where I get from because I listen to lots of podcasts, including this podcast. Um, I just I literally, I, I got it. Um, I got it on um, the Google podcast platform. I listen to tons of podcasts every single week. So at least twice a day, you know, I listen to them and say like when I'm in the gym, I get them on and it gives me food for thought. Because the thing is, as cliche as this sounds, you are what you eat. So you are what I am, what I put into my head. So if I'm watching something that is taking up my time and renting space in my head, yes, I need escapism, but there's going to the gym, putting on a podcast, whatever that is, because I, I, you know, sometimes I watch them. So I like Stephen Bartlett. I, I watch Drink Champs. I watch this one. Um, I like... Um, Guy, Raz, how I built this, all of these things. And I get so much because there's people who are, um, without putting myself down, but they're more intelligent than me. They're further along in life, no matter what age they are, and I can learn from them. So I always, always, always try to take up space, dual space with the gym. So I'm, I'm working out, but I'm listening to something at the same time. That way, I'm not just wasting time doing one thing. I mean, the thing that I hate most, 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 I dislike cleaning with a passion. Absolutely dislike it. So then I have to pay somebody else to do it, which then lessens my money and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? It's better because I don't like doing it. Um, another thing, you control your time. Don't let time control you, which goes back to what I just said. Yeah. On the treadmill doing the weights, got headphones on, you know, um, I can listen to a podcast at the same time. And I said it earlier on, I don't, uh, um, I accept it, but I don't have to like it. Just, you know, it, 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 I had to do that mainly with my mum and also um, the fact that um, my mum is old school because my mum's in her eighties. So when she speaks, and I was always complaining to my sponsor about her. It's like, accept the situation. The good thing is certain things that he says to me, he comes from a place of knowledge. So he understands what I'm going through, which is great. Uh, all of these things are, um, they're all 
easier for me because of having sponsors who have gone through the same situation as me. And that situation, believe me when I tell you, it would not be like this if I had not been going to AA and if I had not been going to CODA. I remember one of my friends from AA, um, she's a therapist. She said um, about AA, she, she said, once you get in there, do you know what AA is about? It's an attitude adjustment. I was like, whoa, that is so profound. That was an attitude adjustment. And then you work on it. You work on all the things that is wrong that I feel are wrong with me. You know? Um, another thing that I like to um, try to be with, but it's, uh, or try to have in my head, because a lot of this is really down to set 10, 11, and 12, right? Um, Try not to argue because I'm going to be committed to making my point, which hinders my listening. So most of the time, my daily life is gym, work, meetings. And I don't interact too much with people outside of um, the rooms because those are my people. That's what makes my life work. And it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with other people. But as I know, I have no off switch. This is something I should have said earlier on. I have no off switch for everything. So as it's different if I don't like it. So I'm not going to drink low gallons of cod liver oil. I don't like it. Right. But on the other hand, I will drink gallons and gallons and gallons of Baileys. That's not the part that's wrong. It's not just drinking Baileys. And by the way, gallons of it is wrong. But I put rum in it because it's too weak. Or... If I, I mean, the madness of, I stopped drinking vodka because I found out that gin had less calories and I don't like gin. So I just worked out how to mix them just right so that I can then tolerate the gin. But then I was giving myself more and more and more and more sugar. Right now, I'm trying to get myself off of sugar. So that means changing my bread, changing how I eat, you know, biscuits and um, chocolates. Oh, my God. I didn't realize from the lots of the readings and the podcasts I've been doing, sugar is way more addictive than anything else because it's a daily thing that I've had for years. So I'm slowly, slowly, slowly trying to do with it. And um, I'm getting support from my son because my son is a personal trainer. And he is much better at communicating than I am. Uh, the reason why I dish out, dish out from having lots of arguments is because I'm not good with getting my point across. Um, let me just try and finish up with this. My family had a situation where they were not taking care of something. And my son put together um, a WhatsApp group and then lightly but nicely told everybody, get your shit together. And I couldn't have done that because I'm either head burying or I'm in the red zone and neither of those work. And my son's done therapy as well. And it's, you know, it's breaking that cycle within my family, which is, I'm so, so proud. And I listen and we immediately have a different um, relationship um, from me and my dad. My dad loved me, but, you know, it, he's old school. Different, different relationship. So me and my son, you know, we 
text probably every couple of days. We try and talk at the weekends. Um, I've got grandkids, you know, try and have a better relationship with them. I wasn't, but my son put me to task about that. And so now I'm working on that as well. So the biggest things for me is go to meetings, connect with people every day, um, have a sponsor so that I can keep in check. Um, and um, I think I'll, I'll leave it there, Justin. I think that that's pretty much it. Excellent. Thank you so much, Dave. I appreciate your share, your um, sharing your experience, strength, and hope. Uh, I wrote down several notes. I have, I have several questions here to ask you. And a reminder to our live audience, if you have a question for Dave about anything he's spoken on or his experience, strength, and hope in recovery, please type them in the Q&A link at the bottom of your Zoom window, and we'll get to those. Uh, Dave, before we jump into any questions that come in from the live audience, one thing that you shared that really... Um, your topic is one that just really hits me listening, a balancing action. And you talked about, you said, Hey, I do a lot of listening. And then you went into, Hey, I go into meet a lot of meetings and listen to what people say. I write down the quotes that really hit me. Yeah. Um, what does the action of listening look like to you? I mean, is it, is there, do you try and get into a certain frame of mind as you go into those meetings? Or are you always looking for some new tidbit of wisdom or knowledge? What, what does that action look like to you? Okay, that action, um, two things. One, it literally is shutting up. So just so that everybody has some context, I'm a broadcaster for a living. Okay, so I speak for a living. Yeah, I'm a broadcaster DJ. I've been doing it for years. I have had the most unbelievable life when it was on the highs. And then I became a personal trainer along with that. And then the drinking took over, boom, 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 and here we are. My life is definitely on the up again. I have a, um, a, a show, which I took the day off today, played a pre-recorded show so that I could come to this because I was like, oh, my God, Justin's actually asked me to come in. And I've listened to this so many times. I'm like, oh, my God, these people to me are rock stars when I'm listening to them. Yeah. So um, the other part of the listening is the new experiences that I discover via podcasts via YouTube, um, um, just other people's actions. So I listen to those that give me um, almost, almost a renewed sense of energy every time I hear something new, which is why I write down these quotes. I have hundreds of them, but I just gave you a few of them. And so listening um, gives me a renewed energy. Everybody has their higher power situation. Mine changes a lot because I don't like to listen. So it changes a lot. So right now, most of the time, it's the groups I go to. They give me that spiritual energy that, that keeps me coming back because I'm like, what? Can, not only what do they give me, but what can I bring to the meeting? This is another thing, sharing. Sometimes I don't want to share. And so, and so I'm listening um, to see what... Um, is there going to be something that's going to spark off? Uh, sometimes I don't say anything because we have such big meetings on a Thursday here. It's like there's over 40 people in person and a lot of them are brand new from Crossroads. So it's best not to, for me to say something unless one of the old times say, well, actually, you know what? It's you, you should say something because these people are new and they just, you know, you, you, you've been where they've been. You've all been there. So you say something. But listening to newcomers as well is great. Because the other part of listening to newcomers is you do not want to be back where they are. Or at least for me, I don't want to be back where they came from. 
Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. And I don't want to go back to where I came from either. Uh, it is amazing to work and listen into newcomers and go, okay, <laughs> I've been there. I, I'm good. I don't want to go back again. And and I love, so, so you mentioned early in your share that, you know, you were complaining a lot to your sponsors. You know, you fell into the role of complaining and I totally, totally understand that. Um, and I love the advice that your sponsor said, Hey, go to 417 acceptance is the answer to all our yep. problems, yep. you know, and, and I'm also kind of like you. And when I hear a good quote, I I've got sticky notes all over the walls here that I, that I go to. Um, one of them has to do with this complaining thing. Uh, and I, it's front and center. I mean, it's right there. And it says, when things go bad, the common denominator is me and my thinking. Yeah. When I get others and God's thinking to be in charge, things seem to go better. <laughs> Any thoughts on that process of, you know, complaining and listening and, and, and recognizing that it's me when there's something wrong there? Yeah. Um, I have got into my head that it is me and I'm the one who's making me unhappy. There are things that you, I can't control, like if somebody dies, but most of the time, if I disconnect from other people, because this is the work, one of the worst problems I have, making up a story in my head about how things did or didn't go with somebody else, and so I make myself unhappy. So if I disconnect myself from that, whatever the situation is, I don't have to apologize. I don't have to do a step 10, I, you know, all that. It's just much easier to keep myself to myself. So if I don't start telling myself some crazy ass story, I have no reason to start reading page 417 and going, Dave, it's your fault again. Because it's always my fault because nobody's in my head. You can see stuff in front of you and know that I shouldn't step in the road because I will get knocked down. Oh, I can stay on the pavement and be calm, cool, collected. So easier to just disconnect and not disconnect in a way that I don't listen to anybody. It just minds my own business. You know, a lot of the times the things that I have been told by the elders, they are absolutely right. I don't like necessarily, you know, one of the biggest, well, the two biggest things that they, that I've been told over and over and over again, one and, the, and these both come from the elders. One, right? There's only one thing you've got to change about yourself. Everything. That's one. And the other one, unfortunately, is, and once again, you, you, you know, I had to hear it. If you do not want to, to tell your, your sponsor to do one, and in, in the UK, do one means get lost. So if you don't want your sponsor to do one, Right, then they're not doing it right. Because at least once you want them to do one. So in other words, you want them to get lost. And I'm being nice about this because I, I don't want to offend anybody, but that's not the words that they've used. <laughs> they just get lost. And so um, what I do is when I feel like that, sit in the uncomfortableness and try and soak up what they've said. Do not do anything until the following day. And then journaling, however uncomfortable that is, gives me a chance to keep that and then come back the, 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 the day after and have a look at what I've written. Um, sometimes I don't read it at all. And sometimes I'm like, uh, this is how I felt. Let me go back and read this and see how I feel about that situation right now. 
I love that pausing, writing, not acting immediately. Um, I've heard it, you know, urgency is the opposite of, or is the, the opposite of recovery. Urgency is the opposite of, of, of progress, you know? Yeah. That. Uh, one thing that you mentioned earlier that really hit me also was uh, the, the concept of being a leader, not a controller. Now, as, as you work your 12 step, whether you're sponsoring or, you know, what, however you choose to work your 12 step, how does that concept of, of leader versus controller uh, kind of guide your, your actions in that process? Okay, so to do what I'm doing, I must take control of my life, but with somebody else's guidance. Before, I was trying to control everything around me, including myself. So there was no asking, there was no guidance, there was no, just do everything that I want. And because I had a successful career, that was right. Now I'm doing the same thing, but in a kind way, kind to myself, kind to other people. Before, whether I realize it or not, at times I could be stepping on other people to get what I want. Yeah, And because I came from that situation um, in, a, in, a, in a job where picking up the phone will get you something, and if you don't, if you don't get it, you can be rude to people. I usually, for most of the time, I never was, but every now and again, um, I would. In fact, I can remember one particular incident where we had somebody on um, working with us who only wanted to turn up when there was high-profile people around, and I was like, "You got this is this is a, a job all the time, good or bad, guess." And I was rude to her. And this woman is probably one of the biggest people on the planet now. You know, I mean, she still speaks to me, but, you know, I, it's just, I shouldn't have spoken to her like that at all. Um, but I was about achieving what I wanted to achieve. So now um, working this program, i.e. the 12 and 12, the instructions for life. It's like if I, I use a program called Serato to DJ with, right? Um, and... I didn't know what I was doing. So I asked other people who use it, a lot of my friends, and then I read all the instructions. And it's the same with the 12 and 12. Those are the instructions. You know, one is fix yourself. The other is carry on. That's that's how I see it. So one here is fix yourself. The other one is carry on. And those two together, those 24 pieces of information are what can fix my life if I stick with it. Nothing's going to be perfect. But I do it in what I believe to be, for me, is an unmythical, mystical, magical way, because that can make people run away. It's simple. I did these things. It didn't work. Try these things with the help of other people who've done it before me and keep going. And so far, it seems to be working. So... Any program that I would go into, I would have to. At the moment, I'm good. At, I'm good with Coda and AI. I don't think I'm going to need anything else. Everything, no matter what, I've looked at loads of programs. Everything um, still all comes from the original um, uh, Bill book. Okay, the original AA book. Everything is adjusted here and there, but it's the original twelve, uh, the original big book, and then I got a twelve and twelve. Those instructions are the instructions that work my life. Doesn't mean it's going to work for you, but it can do if you give it a go. 
when I was doing it, first of all, one of the first things I realized, I haven't got a clue what this means when I'm reading. Because uh, when, when you're reading um, some of these we bolt, what the hell does bolt mean? You know, and depending on who you're talking to, it's a different accent as well. Is it barked, bolt, bullet, blah, 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 blah. So a lot of this is read, get a dictionary, read Google, you know, whatever, to make it fit so that I can understand. And then once you de- once it's demystified um, for me, it made it easier. Believe me, I am no means perfect. I am just better. And what I realized why I'm better is because I'm listening to other people, even if I'm not listening at the time and I'm annoyed, give myself a little bit of time to um, soak up what that person has said. And it's usually, usually the elders, not not, not necessarily people who have, um, haven't had the same amount of time. I mean, there's one person who's really, really good um, that I know but that person seems to be angry. And I remember when she said about a, um, a group member who did something, she, and I said, well, why are you doing, why, no, I, I, so I said to her, why are you arguing with, with this person? Because you know that this person is like this. And she said, well, you're better than me. Um, I can't accept it. And I was like, well, that's progress for me. And I don't want to be like that because we know what this person is like. So just, uh, uh, you know, always be loving, kind, etc. but don't engage. I only mess with winners. Stick with the winners. If this, whoever is around me is not doing what I perceive to be something that's going to be a winning way for me, you know, I don't, I don't mess with them. The only first time that I might mess with somebody who's not in that situation is if I go to pick up somebody who's on the island, don't know where they are, and they need a lift. And then you realize, uh, I don't want to be around that person because of their behavior. That doesn't mean that I should be horrible to them. It just means I need to find a winning way to keep my life winning. And that's just like even having a, um, if you're doing something and you're an entrepreneur and nobody's coming to buy your product, it's usually, or not messing with your product, people who are winning only want to be with winners. So they need you to express in whatever way that is that your product is already going and then they will get on your bus, your train, your car, whatever. So I try to do that all the time, you know? So when people come to me, I'm hoping that I'm expressing winning ways. And if not, let me try harder to get to be um, a better winner, to be a better sponsor, to be a better person, etc. And I love that concept of... Um... If, if I want what somebody has, I need to be willing to do what that person does to get what they have. And, and I also am grateful for those who, you know, may come to me or come to others who have what they want and say, Hey, man, I want what you have. What are you doing? I'm, I'm more than happy to share, you know, those situations uh, or share in those situations with somebody who may not be a winner at that time, but somebody who wants to be a winner. And what a, what a, great thing that um, recovery is that we get the opportunity to do that kind of of thing. Do you have any examples that you can think of where either you went to somebody and said, I want what you have, or where somebody came to you and said, I want what you have. And and you had that growing experience in that. Um, 
I've never said to, let me talk about sponsors. I've never said directly, I want what you have, but that's how I found a sponsor. I looked at that person and go, I want what you've got because of that person's behavior, because of how they speak. So it's always about, um, if anybody's here for the first time, what they, um, what people always ask is how do I find a sponsor? And for me, it was looking at people and seeing their behavior and then so they're listening uh, so they're listening their responses and this is after because during the meeting you, you don't do that you don't do cross talk and stuff like that so i'm looking at their behavior at all times for a period of anywhere from a month to two months before i make a choice i have to say though like coda was de- very different because within a very short space of time, I just thought this guy is it. He looks like um, he looks like one of the Sopranos, but behaves like a Buddhist. I think that's the best way to describe him. You know, he's just such a good guy. And you know that meeting um, when we go. So that's uh, um, Wednesdays and Sundays. There's over sixty people on the meeting every single time. It's a huge meeting. You know, that's my coda meeting. Um, and if there's anybody here, I think there's one person here I know from a Saturday morning meeting. That's a big meeting as well. You know, we usually have a minimum of 20 people on that one. Um, I can't remember all the links and everything, but if um, anybody's here from any of my groups and um, if it's okay to put the, the meeting links in the chat, because those ones are online as well as the ones that I do in person here in Antigua. Absolutely. If you can get me links to any of those meetings, I can post them in the show notes of the podcast. So if anybody wants to jump in, they can do that. All right. Perfect. Thank you, Dave. Um, are there any other words of wisdom that you'd like to to share with us before we, before we start shutting down this meeting? Um, the only thing I will say is for me, it was getting getting a sponsor and going to meetings and then uh, journaling seems to help. Now my journaling in, um, I don't, I don't really have to do step tens because I've already done, I've gone through the steps and I don't interact with a lot of people. So at the moment, apart from when I'm driving, there is no, you know, there's no losing my cool or whatever. Um, and so the, 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 the way for me, is going to meetings, interacting with my people, having a sponsor. Those things make my life super simple. So it is about keeping it simple. Keep it simple. And um, that means the difficulties. Sometimes you might have to cut off people in your family for a little bit, for good, in order to keep you sane. And if that's the case then it might have to be that. So simplicity is the answer for me. Get a sponsor, go to meetings, help others. Always, is it kind? Is it loving? Is it necessary? Or, you know, and I say that from, do I need to answer somebody when they say something to me? Do I need to say anything at all? Do I need to take a day Hit the pause button immediately when I have the red mist. Do not answer. Do not say anything. Not a word. Walk away, move away, drive away, whatever. Because if it's driving, I'm never going to see that person again. That's usually the, the, the fact. 
If it's at work, keep quiet and say nothing. Say absolutely nothing. Because um, whatever I say is going to lead to escalation. I want to de-escalate. And so, and that is all of my life. Not in, not just that. I want to de-escalate, have a nice, simple, serene life. So emotional sobriety is what I want to live by. Don't always get it right, but most of the time it works. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate your your willingness to share, Dave. I'm grateful and humbled that you would take the day off from work and put a, a rebroadcast on to join with us. Um, really appreciate that. We'll now uh, go into the closing down of this meeting. Thank you again, Dave. Uh, that was a great RICO 12 weekly speaker meeting uh, for all addicts and those wanting to learn more about addiction and the recovery therefrom. If you in the live audience have any other questions that you may like to ask, you can join in our WhatsApp community by saying, sending an email with your WhatsApp number to rico12pod at gmail.com. Jump in there, ask questions, answer others' questions, be part of the, the community there that has input into what we do in this show and in, in projects moving, uh, coming up. Um, I invite the audience to come back next week. Um, if you've not yet rated or reviewed the podcast and Apple Podcasts, please go do so now. It's a great way to help uh, to work your 12th step in sharing this message with others. And next week, we will be hearing from Dr. Anna Lemke, who is the author of a couple of books, Drug Dealer MD and Dopamine Nation. And she'll be speaking to us on the role of dopamine in addiction, but also sharing some of her own experience, strength and hope in relationship to, to addiction in her own life. And I'm honored and looking forward to her share next week. I'm sure it'll be fantastic, just like this week's was. Now, let's launch off into the rest of our day with the acceptance is the answer prayer from page 417 of the big book that Dave will be uh, saying for us. Um, before I say that, thank you so much for inviting me. This has been incredible. Absolutely. It's because I've listened to this, like so many people doing this once I discovered it on uh, the Google platform. So thank you so much for inviting me. It's my honor. Okay. All right, so here we go. And acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, or some fact of my life unacceptable to me. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly as it's supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake until I accept my alcoholism or whatever it is I have, I could not stay sober unless I accept life completely on life terms. I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as what needs to be changed. Sorry, what needs to be changed in me and in my attitudes. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Dave. Keep coming back, everybody. Let's trudge this road of happy destiny together. Work it. You are worth it.
of this life of mine Peaks too high to conquer Streams too wide to cross Troughs too deep to walk through Without incurring loss Yet here I am still standing tall Despite the rough terrain One like me Survive the storms and walk through wind and rain. Still standing, I will fight the good fight. Still searching for glimmers of light. Feet still on the ground. I can still be found. Standing Seal. 